Hello and welcome to this Racing Only Better Cheltenham Festival preview show. This is where you're going to get all the winners for the big four days in the Cotswolds next week. We cannot wait to get stuck into all the big races. Before I go any further, I must just say for everyone watching online, we do also have a live audience here. So there will be a little bit of audience interaction as the show goes on. But you guys at home can just ignore that for the time being. Uh, without further ado, let's crack straight on and introduce the team. Of course, I'm joined by my stand a group of men, basically. I will introduce them one at a time, but you will all know them out there. Brendan Duke, let's start with you. What I'm delighted about with this Cheltenham Festival preview show is we've got fresh legs. All these guys have only been to maybe one preview themselves before this. That's right, isn't it, Brendan? Well, I, I, this is actually my first one. I'm doing another one on Thursday, but it's for charity, so I mean... You're allowed it. We like that you're a charitable man. Mm. TC, you're fresh legs as well, aren't you? This is your only preview show. Yeah, one and only. One night only, as they say, yeah. But um, are you, your charity gig, are you like Matt Hancock? Are you saying you're going to give your, your fee to charity and you don't? No, there is no fee. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but they don't charge in. Well, I mean, I, I don't know why with the standard of talent on show. But, then, <laughs> but the people can uh, stick a tenner in a box on the way out and it goes right. to charity. And you so. rub that. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Kev Blake? You're also, you've not been off a yard all season, and now this is it for you, isn't it? You're going to come with a real rattle today. Yeah, yeah, I did one last week and told him nothing, so I've saved it all for here. Absolutely. Off for my life. Isn't that music to your ears, Barry? Love hearing that, yeah. We get all the fresh information, all the good stuff, which is great. Obviously, I'm the interloper on the sofa. I'm used to being the other side of the camera, but for one night only. Uh, we, like, we like having you on the sofa. Uh, before we go any further, do you want to enlighten everyone with a few offers before we kick off? Yeah, so on the Betfair Sportsbook, every day of the four days of the Cheltenham Festival, the offer is bet 10 on horse racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on horse racing multiples. That's been really, really popular with all our customers. Um, and also we have a odds boost on day one, which I'm sure we'll get to. I'll just give a little flag to it for now, El Fabiolo is a six to four chance it's been odds boost out to two to one in the Arco. We'll get to that in due course. Oh, you've gone early with that, okay. Yeah, I just um, thought I'd get it in there. We should also tell you that, of course, we will be doing daily racing only betters throughout the course of the Cheltenham Festival, so we'll still be talking racing all throughout next week, but this is just gonna set the scene nicely for you. And of course, we do also have Rachel Blackmore joining us a little bit later, but she has been busy at work today so far. So we will kick on with day one, the Tuesday of the Cheltenham Festival, and of course the best place to start the Supreme and we've got Fasal Vega up at the top of the market taking on Marine Nationale up there at around the 100 to 30 mark but Brendan we are going to start with you oh thank you yeah I think I think it's only right you're the new boy oh, that's right. new kid on the block so let's start with you where's your head at for the Supreme where is my head at for, well what do we do with Fasal Vega fascinating uh, fascinating horse I mean he's got the physique he's got the pedigree Willie Mullins can remember his name. It's no wonder that people <laughs> are so excited about this horse. However, I'm not convinced. I'm not, I mean, so I noticed this in Punchestown um, in the bumper last year. He started to get really warm before. He'd never done it before. And in all his runs, his three hurdle runs since, he's got warm as well. And the funny thing about the bumper last year is, well, as we know with English people, they don't take bumpers seriously. So there was no one there to see him in the parade ring. It was a very, it was a very wet day. Uh, so he didn't really get the full Cheltenham experience. So when he's going around with his two handlers and he has to go down the chute with all those people with Cheltenham fever, I'd just, I'd just be worried he might boil over beforehand. Plus he's coming in here off the back of a bad run. So he's kind of a favourite I want to take on. And what do I want to take him on with? Well, I've decided to go with slightly 
risky strategy and decide that I'm not going on any of the Irish novice herders this season. So I'm oh. going to put up an English horse. Bloody hell. Well, why not? Started strongly. Uh, well, yeah, well, this, uh, this Tamuras, who looks to be the, the, the best English hope, very impressive in the Tallworth, probably softer ground than he's going to get in Cheltenham, but he has form on better ground, and he travels through his races like a horse will be fine on better ground. He'll have the best jockey in the race. That Tallworth form got a boost at the weekend with the first and second in Kelso. And I just have a half a notion that the English novices are going to be underestimated. So that's where I'm going. Wow. Uh, well, does the market agree that we're taking on Fasal Vega, Barry? No. After his poor run up in Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival, he was 8-11. to 11. He was in everyone's nap before that run. He was 5-1 to one immediately after that. But the money wow. has steadily come from. He's into 2-1 to one favourite now in the sports book. Marine National, 130. And Pere Pass is a 5-1 to one chance. Galaquarian there at eight. They say there's a whole host of horses in there won't run. Two that will run, obviously, is Tamouris. Paul Nichols, Betfair ambassador. You can read his thoughts exclusively throughout the festival on betting.betfair. Uh, he's a 10 to 1 chance in high definition. Seen some money for that recently. That's around 11 to 1. Well, that just rolls us nicely on to you, Kev. Obviously, closely connected to the Joseph O'Brien yard. What's the chat about high definition? Can he jump better? Oh, I think he can jump better. You know, and look, he's a big price if you want to take a chance on him. Um, look, he was group one class on the flat. Uh, I thought the, the first run over hurdles was perfectly satisfactory. Look, he did jump out to his right, but he won a, a decent maiden hurdle, good style, good time, etc. Last time went wrong. Um, so look, you have to take a bit on faith, but for a horse with as much inherent talent as he has, you know, you can make a case that his price is very fair, as Barry just illustrated, like this race will chop to an extent. And like this is where he's going to go. So look, if you wanted to do it, I wouldn't put you off. He's not my own selection in the race, but would it would it be a shock if he went and won? Absolutely not. Okay, well, come on then, hit us with your own selection in the race. Yeah, look, Pascal Vega. I, I take Brendan's point about the prelims being worth keeping an eye on. Um, it'll be a different experience for him from the uh, a wet and wild champion bumper to the Supreme. You know where the the atmosphere is arguably at its hottest um, all week. But look, in his first two runs over hurdles, he looked imperious, loved his jumping technique, very hard to pick at him, very impressive. We know how good he was from his bumper campaign the previous season. And look, last time, you need to forgive it, but I think there was enough. You, you can talk about him maybe going faster than any deal, which he did, but my, I'd put the emphasis on he was lame afterwards. You know, he came home lame. Um, and look, Willie had six weeks-ish to work with, so I'm putting my faith in him. We know Willie trains for the spring, you know, and we're hoping he'll, he'll have him ready to produce a, a career best, the season best, and if he does that, I think he goes and wins, wins well. well not Paul Townend doesn't ride him. Uh, he'll ride, absolute certainty to ride him, isn't he? Yeah, it's a certainty, surely, that. Um, Kevin, I like that from you because you've always been quite a forgiving man on the podcast. You're always willing to yeah, forgive yeah, a horse a bad yeah. run, so you're sticking to that it's plan one, It's of one, of my, one of my big faults, how forgiving I am, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Come on, TC, you're less of a forgiving man. You're definitely not with Fasal Vega, are you? No, I think it's got a nice shape to the race, this. Um, I think you have to be about, uh, against Fasal Vega at the price, um, even though you're getting five to two on the exchange as opposed to two's fixed odds. Um, I think he's underpriced after that woeful run last time. Uh, you know, he did, apparently one of the excuses was he did come back lame for a week. Um, people, people seem to be taking that as a positive, but I'll take that as a negative. Um, I think Marine Nationale is woefully underpriced. You know, the trainer and the owner, he's been talking the talk, but I don't think his horse will walk the walk here. I think his Royal Bond win, um, 
a, beat, a, a Irish point is is not good enough here. When the when the place markets come out, I'll be looking to lay him around about less than even money, Marie Nationale. Um, I think the I think the obvious is staring us in the face here, and that's Ilite Tomps. Um, I think he's he's a bit of a slow burner, um, but he ran really well behind Fasol Vega uh, two starts ago. In fact, I thought he had the favourite in trouble there. The, the jockey had a good look for his legs, you know, going to going to the last. A nine and a half length beat of in the pocket uh, reads exceptionally well. His earlier defeat of free card brag, who a lot of people are talking up for maybe Albert Bartlett's, maybe handicaps later on in the week. Uh, yeah, I, look, he's fives with the sports book. Uh, each way you're going to get your money back. If you want to go all in, back him on the exchange, you're getting a point and a half bigger. No, I am um, irritate Tomps if he's, if he's out of the first three, then I'm having a bad start to the festival. And you can pronounce his name as well, so that's a winner already before the race even jumps. I'm um, a cunning linguist, me. <laughs> uh, Barry, should we move on to the Arkle and coming straight to you because just reiterate the odds boost here with, of course, El Fabiolo and John Bond taking each other on at the top of the market. Yeah, El Fabiolo, odds boost from 6 to 4, 8 to 2 to 1 for a limited amount of time, max of £20 or euros, so watch out for that on the site. John Bond. They're, you can't separate them. It's six to four each of two. El Fabiolo and John Bond, nine to two. Dysart Dynamo. He's been the springer in the market each way because it's it's three places at the moment. He was thirteen to two just a couple of days ago. He's into nine to two now. Sanra is an eight to one chance, and it's ten to one bar. I can't see the winner coming from outside the top two in the market. And my preference, my nap at the meeting is El Fabiolo, and I think two to one is a really really decent odds boost. This is music to my ears because he's my one of my banks of the meeting as well. El Fabiolo, I'm team him. Um, um, is it going to be a quick fire double at the top of the of the Cheltenham Festival for Willie Mullins, Kevin Blake? If Fasal Vega's already gone in for you, El Fabiolo to follow up? It could be a double. Mightn't be El Fabiolo though. Oh, I knew you were going <laughs> to put in a curveball here. Go on, Dysart um, Dynamo, St. Roy. Who? Yeah, look, Dysart Dynamo was was well behind El Fabiolo last time, but you know the the English Arkle, if you want to call it that, is is a different race to the Irish Arkle. Like, it's a sharper test. It's a better race. It's a different track. Might suit Dysart Dynamo a lot better. You know, it's a shorter trip, sharper track. He is, he'll be out there, out in front. He's an he's a aggressive low jumper. And I'm just hoping that the big two underestimate him because he finished behind El Fabiolo last time and they, and they let him go to an extent um, because no one will want to be going with him because he, he, you know, he goes a pretty strong gallop, you know? And I'm hoping they just let him go, and he might just nick it. Because um, the thing about El Fabiolo is, like, that was a giant performance last time. Like, massive. That was a proper race, relentless pace. The race you know, of the beating, wasn't it? Yeah, proper horses, no hiding place, and he was really strong up the run in. But number one, it was a really big effort. And number two, like, he's a bit wild. Yeah. He is a bit wild. He put in a wild one, I think, at the fourth last. On his chasing debut, he did the same. And that type of thing just tends to get punished a bit heavier at Cheltenham than it does at, at, uh, at Leopardstown. So that's just a little concern I have about him. John Bond, I, I thought he looked for the first time just a shade vulnerable last time. A he, shade? Yeah. <laughs> More he, than a shade. Yeah, look, the, I know the form has got a little bit of a nudge since with his one opponent having come out and won a handicap since. But um, he, he did something he hasn't done before. He went out to his right a little bit, which I don't like to see horses doing something we haven't seen before you know, at this stage, you know, just before the big day. So he's largely marched through his chasing season without having had a proper contest like an Irish Arkle, you know, and I just would wonder now when Dysart Dynamo is making the pace and he's having to follow up, 
his jumping might just get tested a little bit more and there could be a mistake in there. Okay. Brendan, I'm going to come to you then. You're mm. worried about Fasal Vega in the prelims, as you've already discussed. Would you hold similar concerns to Kevin in regards to El Fabiola and the way he goes through his races? Yes. Okay. This, 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 well, I mean, this is really interesting from a, a pointing point of view. Just Well, not, not interesting enough for me to have a bet. I think the market is spot on. It's basically an even money coup. So I'm fairly convinced El Fabiola will be rated five to seven pounds higher than John Bond come Cheltenham next year because I think he has a bigger engine than him. He should have beaten him in Aintree last year, just had a bit of misfortune. But in terms of getting around this track, his first time visiting it, as, as Kevin says, he's inclined to throw himself at a fence. He's, he's very brave. And, in, and most of the time, he's very good long because he's such scope. He's, he's real he's a big unit this horse but also getting in short is a bit tricky for him like he kind of looks like he can't organize his feet in fairness he's only had a couple of runs over fences and a couple of runs over hurdles he's just learning his trade i get that but he has to go to the to the old course in cheltenham which is a bit of a dog track you're always on the turn it's undulating i just think it's going to be a lot harder for him than leopardstown Whereas John Bond seems a much more organised jumper to me. I, I actually thought he did, he did pretty well in work. I didn't think it suited him to have to make his own running. Uh, and, and that's maybe explained why he was jumping out to the right. And then when he had to go and get the other horse, the jockey didn't panic. The horse didn't panic. He's a very well organised horse, good jumper. And I, just, I could just see his experience just about tilting it. But at the same time, I think Al Fabiolo has a bigger engine. So it's an even money coup. And I'll just watch it. Okay, fair. TC, how are you playing the Arkle? Um, whenever you're betting anti-post, you've got to look at the likely shape of the race come the day. Um, and the striking thing about this race is, is there aren't going to be many runners whatsoever. Obviously, the first two in the market are going to turn up, health permitting. But then you've got um, Sanois and you've got Dice Art Dynamo. And I can't see anything else that's going to turn up. Maybe you might get one or two no hopers. And yet, so you're looking at maybe a four or five runner race uh, and the sports book are still playing three places. So you can take on the front two, uh, as the guy said about El Fabiolo. Maybe a little kink there for all he's got the best form. John Bond last time, unconvincing. And what's more unconvincing is, you know, Nicky Henderson come out and said the horse blew for 40 minutes afterwards. Now that's... Am I allowed to swear? No, I'm not allowed, No, am I? no, thank uh, you. I think, I think that's probably a bit, little bit of a nonsense. So <laughs> the shape of the race dictates, I think, you have to bet Dice Art Dynamo each way at 9-2 to two, and Sanwar 8-1. to one. Okay. My main bet in the race is Sanwar. Best hurdler out of these. He was the third in the champion hurdle last year. Well, he actually fourth, but Zanahir got subsequently disqualified. So he's the best hurdler out of these. For all, he's had more chances to show it over hurdles. Um, he's a grade one winner. Um, he was ridden right out the back last time, very cold. Uh, he was still going, he was about a furlong behind Dice Up Dunro at the time, but he was jumping well out the back, and it's the most softest unseat I've seen this season for San Juan. Um, I think they'll ride him to finish second or third, and I wouldn't be surprised if he'd pick up the pieces. Like I said, this is the best hurdler, a grade one winner. They're going to ride him to pounce late. Uh, yeah, and so I'll be backing two horses each way at the three places because I don't think you'll get that on the day. And San Mara 8 is probably, well, it is the, my, my, my play in the race each way. 
Okay, each way plays a plenty then. Let's move on to the big race on day one of the Cheltenham Festival. Of course, this is the champion hurdle. And for me, this is very much going to be a sit back and enjoy the moment race because we get to see Constitution Hill, who's incredibly short at the top of the market, having gone unbeaten, of course, in his whole career thus far. And Kev, we've got the race that when he bolted up in the Supreme 12 months ago, as soon as he crossed the line, everyone was talking about him going to the champion hurdle next year. It might not be the race we were hoping for 12 months ago, but the fact that he has, fingers crossed at this stage, got there and he's going to line up. Is this just, are you, are you in the same camp as me that we can just sit back and enjoy the moment or am I underestimating the likes of Stateman? No, look, I think he's probably going to go and win. You know, I Thank think you. a lot of a lot of people have put the crown on his head already and I don't want to knock it too much. There, there's very little to pick at with him. You know, like he ticks all the boxes you want ticked. Like he's tactically versatile. Um, you know, he's been brilliant in his visually on the clock. You know, he's a very slick jumper for, you know, a horse that is, you know, probably a chaser in the making, really. Um, he, he's very hard to pick at. He's been given a very sympathetic campaign. He should be in tip order, tip top order. Uh, and he's hard to knock. Look, he has an, an unbeaten, well, unbeaten for Willie Mullins, one against him in State Man, who in fairness to him, hasn't really been tested in his career for, for Willie so far. Um, won the Irish champion hurdle in great style, got the run of a steady run race, was always in control. You know, in years gone by, I think this probably would have been, there would have been more excitement about this clash. You know, I think, like I say, I think a lot of people have the crown on, on Constitution Hill's head, but look, I don't want to knock him too much. I, I, Any look, play I, in the race then? I, I think I'm seeing that, that you can get around even money for a straight forecast Constitution Hill state, man. And I could see that. I could think the two of them are just probably a different level to the rest. I know there's other ways in, in terms of without the fav, and I like to move it, we'll have supporters as well, but I think yeah, I'd, I'd have state man beating, I like to move it every day of the week, to be honest, so yeah. um, if, if I had to play it, that would be the way I'd go. Barry, how short is Constitution Hill in the betting? Yeah, he's threes on now, uh, 11 to four statement, and it's nine to one bar, nine to one Vauban. He's He just wins, doesn't he? He's an absolute beast. He was an even money chance for the champion Earl before the Betfair fighting fifth. When he won that, he was eight to 11. Then Honeysuckle disappointed in the Hatton's grace. He became a two to one on chance, and he's been big odds on ever since. He did another walk in the park in the Christmas Earl when he beat Epitante again, and he's just bar an act of God, and I know there's a... There's a couple of atheists up here, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to do an any power on it. What is going to happen here, though? And you're going to have a lot of people looking to avail of the Betfair offer, you know, of the multiples offer, bet 10 pounds on horse race multiples, get a free 10 pound bet. They're going to look to have um, Fasal Vega in the first leg, maybe El Fabiola or John Bond in the second leg, and have money running up onto. Constitution Hill. I can see a lot of multiple bets with money running onto he's Constitution Hill. He's in my multiple Hill. for the first yeah, day. Yeah, he's in everyone's multiple yeah. on the first day. And people are going to want to have those two races with money running onto Constitution Hill. TC, how are you playing the champion hurdle? I'm fascinated to know with a man like you, obviously the price of Constitution Hill, you're going to be swerving, but there must be a mm. way to get stuck in. Yeah, I mean, the beauty of, um, of Cheltenham and the big festivals is the, all the markets come up at the same time as the win market. So Immediately on Sunday, or after we know the decks, we're going to get the, the main market and we're going to get the without favourite market. And, and that is the way to go here. Now, I don't know if Barry can call that up in the sports book because I think there's, a, there's, there's an angle into here uh, straight away. Now, State Man is obviously the, the odds on favourite, freeze, freeze on in places, but I think he, last time I looked, he was around about the, you know, the four to six mark uh, on the exchange without Constitution Hill. But 
If you go and have a look at that state man form, I think he might be a bit overrated. Um, you know, the Vauban form doesn't really stack up. You know, Sharjah's not been beaten far in the starts this season. Even you know, at the Dublin Racing Festival, you know, Pied Piper and Zana here were, not, were only beaten about six lengths in that race. I know State Man won it easily, but you can pick holes in State Man, and I like to move it. I mean, in the without favourite market, is he, is he currently four to one, Barry? I like to move it on the exchange in the without favourite market. Yeah, yeah. he's 5.6, he's 9 uh, to 10. And I think, I think he's fours as well without, and you, you can back him each way there. I think I like to move it. I'm getting away from the Irish, the Irish kind of like form lines here, and I like to move it. You, you can forgive him his rail kill run, he didn't stay over two mile four. He's won the, uh, won the Greatwood from a well handicapped horse in Gene Coco. He posted a really good time on winning at Wing Canton last time. You know, he's a young, he's an improver. Um, yeah, if you take the view that, as I do, that the state man form, Vauban form, is overrated, then I like to move it um, each way or just straight win only without Constitution yeah. Hill may be the way to go here. Okay, thank you very much, TC, for that alternative play. And finally, Brendan, are you just going to be with me and just sit back and enjoy the moment? Sit back and enjoy, enjoy it because I don't want to be looking 10 lengths back to see what's battling <laughs> it out for third and fourth and <laughs> whatever. I just, want to, I just want to enjoy what I think is the best hurdler I've ever seen. And, uh, go and Actually, could you do me a solid? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, only, I'm not doing any more requests, but I have one request for a, a man from this parish that he wants to know, he wants to reference the distance betting. So if I said to you, up to and including six lengths, six and a half lengths or more, which would you be with? Oh, six and a half lengths or more, surely. Mm. Tony? Yep. Yeah, and it is something we'll have up. Lengthen your odds, obviously, yeah. is a very popular feature. Kevin? Yeah, in fairness, he, he's a generous type of horse, and I'd say on that day, they'd really let him stretch. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping that we, we might have a little... So we might need to pitch the distance a little higher, lads. Yeah. Okay. I think a little bit higher. <laughs> ten, ten lengths or more. Ah, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're going to slip the reins and let him go. But they're not going to go at the gallop they went in the Supreme. Very hard to put ten lengths into them on that course, no? I think he will, but... Oh, I hope you hope yeah. If you think he's the best hurdler you've ever seen, then yeah. you've got to be a buyer at six and a half lengths, haven't you? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I pitched it too low. Lesson learned, lesson learned. Guys, this is where we get to do a bit of audience participation, please. Hopefully, on your seats, you should have a little card that says back on one side and lay on the other side. And this is the first time where I need you to put them up in the air because I'm going to ask you, are you backing Constitution Hill or are you laying Constitution Hill? Cards up, please. I need to see a sea of back, blue here. Back, oh, my back, God. Back. Well, a couple of no, layers up there. No, not a sea of blue. Well, wow. you want to see 25% pink, don't you? Well, yeah. wisdom of crowds. This is literally the wisdom of two crowds. Two lads there, there's laying some, it. And there's some people that have been drinking over there <laughs> in a group, definite group hey, of drinkers. That's what makes the exchange, difference of opinion. Yeah, we yeah, haven't no, got that, absolutely. We Thank you very much for that, audience. And, and, and as, as Brendan said, that's representative of the price. This is very true. Yeah, no, that is, that is fair. Uh, let's move on, shall we, to day two of the Cheltenham Festival, and we will kick off with... Oh, uh, no, well, sorry, we have a couple sorry. Of, there's, there's other races sorry, now, Sorry, we've got other races. I jumped the gun there. Sorry, everyone. What we're going to do is we're going to cover the other races, but it's strong opinions only now, yeah. lads. Short, sharp, winners, please. We are going to kick off with... Well, we'll go back in time. We'll go to the Ultima. 
please. And we'll start with you, Brendan, because I hear you have a fancy in the Ultima on day one. Yeah, at a double figure price, I'm interested in Happy Go Lucky. You might remember him from the uh, previous Ultimas, uh, such as last year's, when he went off favourite and finished second. Uh, he's five pounds higher this year, I take that point, but he's still quite an unexposed horse. Uh, had a very impressive, uh, very solid comeback in the rehearsal chase in Newcastle. That looks rock solid for him. Did suffer a New Year's Day hangover in Cheltenham. I can't really explain. Uh, uh, the trip, <laughs> the trip wasn't optimal. I grant you that, but I still expected a better run. It was disappointing, but it's basically the only bad run he's having his had in his life. I expect Kim Bailey to have him primed for this, and he looks a very solid each way bet. Fair. And TC, in the same race, you want to take him on. He's a twelve to one shot. Happy go lucky currently for the Kim Bailey team. Who are you taking him on with? Yeah, Oscar Lee, um, third in the race last year, um, actually traded at 1.34 in running there. Um, he's only coming here a pound higher after a grade two win last time. Now, I spoke to the jockey of the second, Nico de Boinville, um, this morning about that race. Uh, he rode Bold Endeavour, the odds on favourite. Uh, and he said, take that form of a pinch of salt. My horse was never travelling. So it could well be that that wasn't conclusive proof that Oscar Elite is back to his best, but he's, he's been steadily progressing this season. He had a trapped epiglottis after Aintree last, uh, last spring, and he's taken time to, to find his feet again. He's only been raised four pounds for that run. Uh, they could have been harsher, given that there's a, you know, a lot of horses run well having shown festival form in the past, especially in the handicaps. Okay. Yeah, Oscar Elite, I think a, a double-figure price um, is one to consider. Okay, and Kev, over to you for the mare's hurdle, because, of course, this is going to be a belter of a race, and I find it very ironic that this is the race you flagged up that I think you have quite a strong opinion in, and you spent all season slagging the mare's races off. I sure look it. Uh, <laughs> it mightn't be as good as we think it's going to be, because the, the birds in the trees are whispering that Marie's rock might switch to the stairs. And we'll see if that comes to pass. Um, but the one I like for it is Brandy Love. Uh, you know, a lady who I know has lots of fans all around the place. And, um, <laughs> 101 landed there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what are you laughing Mr. at? Mr. Smart. <laughs> and look, I think she's a, a woefully talented mare. Um, have done since sort of this time last year. She's done some incredible things going the, the wrong way around. You know, she jumps badly out to her right. And uh, sorry, badly out to her left and um, at Fairy House last year, and it, it, she did an incredible thing. She was one of my best bets for the Mayor's Novice last year, and she got ruled out on the day of the race for, due to a little setback. She went to Fairy House, beat the horse that won the Mayor's Novice um, by a long, long way, despite being the wrong way around for her. Um, can't wait to see her going left-handed. She made a belated comeback at Punchestown a couple of weeks ago. She was beaten. A lot of people very disappointed. I didn't mind. I thought she looked very gassy. Mm -hmm. She just, she wasn't jumping as markedly left as she can, but she was just hanging that way. And I just didn't like the run. I didn't, I, I don't think she was enjoying herself. Okay. I think she'll strip an awful lot fitter. Can't wait to see her back left-handed. I think she has an awful lot of talent. And um, yeah. now might be a good time to go with her because if, um, if Nikki Henderson, that, that famously punchy campaigner, decides to, go, <laughs> uh, decides to go stairs hurdle with uh, Marie's Rock, the market will get a big shake up. Yeah. So I'd say it could be a good time to, uh, to get in bed with Brandy Love, as they say. I knew, I knew you were going to wrap up with a line like that. I just knew that was coming. Uh, TC, finally, quick word from your National Hunt Chase, please, just to wrap up day yeah. one. We've got to keep this sharp. Hopefully, Gayo and Dominil goes to the free mile and doesn't come, uh, come to the National Hunt Chase. Uh, but even if he, he does turn up, I like Marla Mission each way. Oh, yes. Uh, he, um, he, I haven't got many 
you know, strong anti-post positions going into the festival, which is, I think, is a good thing. And I just think each way this horse, I think he's guaranteed to really enjoy the step up to three mile five. He was beaten by Churchstone Warrior last time, but the, the, rider, couldn't, the rider couldn't claim his five pound because it was a graded race. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to ride it, but uh, mile emission each way. Um, and like I said, uh, I'd, I'd like Gaia de Midneil uh, not to be there, but if he is there, I'll be getting a, a bigger price. So yeah. Marla Mission each way, next one, Chase. Okay, love to hear it. I'm team Marla Mission as well, but that's probably not what you love to hear, TC. Um, don't forget, of course, we breeze past all things Honeysuckle in relation to the mare's hurdle, where Kev is obviously going against her, but we'll be catching up with Rachel Blackmore in due course, so stay tuned for that. Let's roll on to day two of the Cheltenham Festival. And again, we start with a bang. We've got the Ballymore Novices Hurdle, and we're straight in there, Barry, with an odds boost. Talk to us about the market. Yeah, Imperial Pass has been odds boost from... Set, uh, from five to two, eight to seven to two. Um, Hermes Allen's your favourite at the moment, or Hermes Allen's 11 to four second favourite from Imperial Pass, who's five to two. It's four to one Gallic Warrior. Uh, good Lord in there, at f or Good Land at five to one. Champ Kylie seven to one. In the pocket at 12 to one. I like in the pocket in the race. Uh, I thought one well in Nace and then. Um, just didn't get, just dropped back over two miles mm -hmm. last day in Leopard Sound. Ran a really respectable race considering they just got touch for toe. And hopefully we get to ask Rachel about that one later on in the pocket. Hopefully yeah. she gets to ride that. But uh, yeah, it's all about the two at the top of the market in Pere Pass and Hermes Allen. And don't forget the odds boost, five to two in Pere Pass, eight to seven to two. Okay, perfect. I'm very unsettled on this race. TC, I think we'll start with you. Yeah. I haven't really got a strong opinion in this. I've been, I think the two-mile and the three-mile novice hurdle races are stronger and deeper contests than this. And as a result, I'm confused. Dot-com, help yeah, me out. It's, it's a competitive race. Obviously, you've got your better friend, Ambassador Paul Nichols, has got Hermes Allen in here. And Nicely shoehorned I mean, he, he was, you know, he came into the last few festivals, you know, with faint hopes, but I think he's got some strong expectations this year. I mean, Nichols himself, as a person, he seems a bit of a, you know, a different beast this year. He's more belligerent, more confident, more confrontational to, towards the Irish. And I think he's got a real live hope here. But unfortunately, I think, um, you know, he's, he's going to be comes out second best, uh, Willie Mullins here. Um, it's Gaelic Warriors, my fancy. He's it's kind of a reverse Brandy Love because... He jumps out to his right, and a lot of people are, uh, are knocking him for that, but it's not that marked. Um, you know, f throughout the races, he, he t tends to jump pretty straight, and I just think there's a, there's a big engine there. I suspect they'd like to run him over two miles connections, but they've got so many, so many um, candidates for, for the two milers. They're, they're stepping him up to two mile five, so stamina is an issue, but I think he's the best horse in the race. Um, you know, the time bandits were all over him first time out. It was a Mickey Mouse race, but he posted a brilliant time first time up. And then he won well next time against a decent chaser. And he won as he liked uh, a good handicap hurdle at the DRF. Uh, yeah, um, providing he stays, and well, that's, you know, you have to factor that in. Uh, that's an issue, but no, I'll be back in Gaelic Warrior each way. Okay, Gaelic Warrior is currently a four to one shot with Betfair as things stand on the sports book right now. Um, we will come to you next, Brendan, please, for this race. Yeah, well, uh, unlike talented poker players, I play a bit of poker. and uh, Yes, I do, but uh, I would prefer to make a bad call than a bad fold, which is not the way you should do things. But I'm going all in on this strategy with the English novice hurdlers and ah. going, going with the Hermes Allen again. 
Well, with a slight caveat, if they, if they happen to supplement Corbett's Cross into this race, I would back him, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, okay. But the, 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 the Hermes Allen, the shallow form, has worked out really well. You'd have to love the way he went through that race. He's tactically versatile. He originally was in the lead, and then when he was taken on for the lead, Cobden was happy to take that. He's a very quick jumper. I heard he's an unusual way of doing it. He kind of looks like he's getting into the bottom of them, but somehow he manages to wing them. So we'll, 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 we'll take the evidence that he's a really good jumper, best jockey in the race. And again, I'm hoping that the English novices will be underestimated. Because you have had your arse handed to you in this race for a long time at this stage, haven't you? A little bit, yeah. yeah. A little bit. Sorry, yeah. But look, you've really gone for the loving with Team Nichols. I like this because yeah. for those wondering, Brendan is relatively new to the Betfair team, Betfair podcasting team, and he's really got behind the Betfair ambassador, <laughs> Paul Nichols. I see what you've done here. You're just keeping the bosses happy. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm more Team Cobden than Team Nichols, but <laughs> right, it doesn't okay. matter. We're just back winners. Yeah. Barry will keep having on the podcast <laughs> at this rate. What just about you, winners. Kev? What about you, Kev? Um, yeah, look, on the, at these Cheltenham previews every season, you, get, you always get an old talking horse to come out of them, you know, a horse that every, all the panellists seem to have been talking about, and they're really blowing hard, and uh, Imperia Passe is the one this year. Like, uh, all, the, all the flashy quotes are about him, you know, the big billing, etc. But uh, I think the winner might be elsewhere in the stable now, because I'm with TC, and Aguilic Warrior is the one. Wow. Um, like the horse a lot. Um, was an absolute good thing beaten at the festival last season. Unfortunately for all the people that got involved with him, just got nipped, um, having jumped right as discussed. But um, look, he was good in small fields, lesser races earlier in the season. But what he did last time in, in the old Pierce hurdle, we'll call it, you know, ultra competitive handicap hurdle, and he danced in off 143. Uh, I thought that was a big performance. Makes him the form horse in the race. Um, his jumping right only became a thing when he got to the front. And it was interesting, I thought, if you watch them very closely, every time he had a horse upside him, he was perfectly fine. And look, I think Willie is going to have a bunch of runners in the race, and I'm hoping they employ you know, some, some clever yeah. tactics and have a stable mate um, upside him for as long as they can. And that'll only help his cause. And I, I think he's a very good horse. I'm not too worried about the step up and trip. Um, like, he looked a, a strong stayer as a juvenile, and normally as they get older, yeah. you know, st certainly mid-range trip isn't an issue. Often they can stay even better than that. So um, for me, he's the form horse. I think the Willie, Willie's team is good and thorough. I think they'll do all they can to help him along the way mm. um, through the race. And, yeah, I could see him winning quite well. You might get a fright wow. later on now when he hits the front and might <laughs> end up on the, on the stand side, but that's all right. As long as he's in front, we won't yeah. complain. As long as he's in front. It's Two it's strong bows for Gaelic Warrior. It wouldn't massively surprise me if Paul Townend picked Gaelic Warrior. Um, mm. And maybe wow. they'll let Daryl Jacob have a go on the Imperium Passe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Poli politically, it would, uh, yeah. that, yeah. that would, that would keep, keep everyone, everyone happy, happy, I think. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, mean, I, was, I was told if, if, if Townend does ride Imperium Passe, then Patrick Mullins is, is going to be on Gaelic Warrior, which I know you're friends with him, so I won't say anything, Vanessa. <laughs> that's not but no, <laughs> I know, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> no, I, like, I think, you know, I, I do think Gaelic Warrior is, is the most talented horse. He has got his quirks. Okay. But, um, yeah. Let's roll on to the 210, guys. Um, this is, of course, the Brown Advisory, the novice chase over the three miles. And we get to see one of two very good chances in novice chases for Gordon Elliott with Jerry Kalom here to, at the top of the market, currently 13 to 8 on the sports book. Um, I referenced the one of two because, of course, he's got Mighty Potter over the shorter trip. Still in the betting for this. We expect to see him over shorter. Um, you've been into the yard, Kev, so I want to start with you. 
of the, these are his two big hopes of the week, surely, for starters. And secondly, how big a glint was in the eye when they were talking about Jerry Colomb? Yeah, I think it's there. Look, I think it's a different horse to Mighty Potter. I think Mighty Potter is the one that's always really... I get the impression Mighty Potter is the, like, we see this horse as a Gold Cup horse yeah. for the future. All class, bit of a cut above. Jerry Kalam is winning in a style where he's kind of businessman-like rather than flashy. Yeah, I'd say they, they think Mighty Potter is a real one. And Jerry Colomb could be, but they won't know until he's thrown in, that sort of way. Okay. I think he's, he's quite an idle horse. They said when you work him, you could work him with an average yoke, and he'll work as well as the average yoke, but you know, put him in with something better, and he'll, you know, one of those. And look, I found this hard. I, I'm not picking Jerry Colomb, but it was a tough one. Um, really liked the horse, um, crying out for this longer trip. Um, the better ground would be a concern in my mind, but Gordon doesn't seem overly concerned which is encouraging. And the horse got a little bit rattled on kind of what was good ground at Turles last year. You know, you'd hope there's a bit more of an ease in it than that um, come, to, come Cheltenham. Um, but he, he's a very likable horse and, uh, and it wasn't easy to go against him, but I have. I like the real whacker. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, English horse, imagine. Well, technically <laughs> an English horse, trained by a, re a recently relocated Irishman. Um, but he was super impressive last time. You know, I know the form has been, you know, the form ties in a little bit and it wouldn't set you with light, but his style was, was impetuous, as, uh, as, my, as, my, as Mike Tyson once said. <laughs> um, and I, I loved his jumping. You know, he was dropping back two and a half miles. He was quick, he was efficient. Um, he'd have no trouble running in a Turner's, I'd say, mm -hmm. but his stamina is in the book over three. And I, I just really like him. I think he's, he's potentially very good. Okay. And while I would be very fearful of Jerry, I think at the prices, um, the whacker will do for me. The real whacker, that is. Well, Barry, what price is the real whacker, please? Yeah, he's currently a nine to two chance. Uh, Jerry Colomb is 13 to eight. Sir Gerhard's in there, a four to one, 11 to two time hill. Just one word of warning about the favorite. He is a very fragile horse. I remember this time last year, you were fancying him, I think, for the Albert Bartlett, and yeah. he came out late. Mm. And the connections are on file as saying, you know, it's about keeping him sound ahead of the festival. So you might be better off waiting until near the time, although it is non-runner, no bet, of course, on the sports book. Uh, the real whacker, though, I, I backed him when he won the dipper. Uh, really impressed with him. If he's in another yard, he would be a shorter price. He's a 9 to the 2 chance. The old cliche. Yeah, really the old cliche, but it's, it's, it's old and, and it rings true. Stage star, if he was to come here, is an interesting one, having won that handicap in um, mm. in uh, Cheltenham last day for Paul Nichols again. I think he won that off 143, but his, his revised mark puts him bang in contention here. He, he could be worth a, a little each way bet. Okay, um, Brendan, where did you land in the Brown Advisory? Are you concerned about Jerry Colomb's fragility and the ground. Interestingly, actually, Barry Geraghty's ridden this horse at home, and he said before he rode him, he was worried about the ground, thought he needed it with a proper bit of cut, said rode him, and he doesn't ride like a horse that needs that, apparently a lovely mover. And, you know. Okay, well, well th 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 that's something to bear, to bear in mind, although I do think Dennis O'Regan has a different opinion on that. Oh. But I mean, it's, a ca it's a game of opinions. Uh, it, there's just enough doubts for a horse at a short price that uh, I, I would put something up. So what about this time hill? Because we're, hey, we're a big grade one winner. Well, we're a big fan of festival form, aren't we? Yeah. Because yeah, we're allowed to do cliches. So I mean, uh, and, 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 <laughs> and it does it does bear out um, in most years. So this horse was uh, Johnson in an Albert Bartlett, and say he should have won that, and second in a stairs hurdle. So it, it, I, I take the point that it's, it's quite late in life for a horse to be going novice chasing. But in two of his three runs, he has looked good. He showed uh, re re really. Yeah, but in, in one of them, he looked like he'd lost a leg. 
Uh, yes, this is a fair point. So uh, for, first time in Exeter, lo looked to have a solid technique. Uh, made one mistake, I'll grant you that. But then goes to Newbury, and that was a complete disaster. But then bounces back in Kempton, where he did jump well. So 66% yeah. of the time, he jumped well. Uh, but, but, and again, he's a, he's, a, he's a five or six to one shot, a genuine 160 horse over hurdles. Maybe he'll have a good jumping round in Cheltenham. I thought at, at the prices he was worth chancing anyway. Fair. No, I can. It's case well made. I think it's fair to say. TC, finally over to you for the Brown Advisory. Do you have a strong opinion in this? I can't believe we've got through to the middle of day two and not mentioned the ground. Um, well, that's because we're relying on you for the weather update. I know, but I normally do it first up, don't I? <laughs> that's um, your I forgot role. to do that. That's, that's, that's my, my mistake. Um, we don't know what the ground's going to be. Now, it's currently good to soft Snowy. air. Um, as of on Monday at the start of the week, forecast was saying it's going to get 60 mil worth of rain. Now it's 20. Unsettled forecast. Uh, basically, we don't know. So I think everyone's assuming good to soft ground. Will that be soft enough for Jerry Colom? As, as Barry said, fragile horse. They've said, you know, Cheltenham's not the be-all or end-all. I think they'll have to... They might even make a late call on it. Um, so I'd be against Jerry Colom, obviously, especially if you're backing uh, all-in on the exchange. Uh, I like the real whacker with Kevin, but if you like the real whacker, around about three times the price, I think Thunder Ops very interesting. Now, he is, he's a bit time hillish. That he's not totally convincing over his fences, but mm. I've got a lot of time for that run in the dipper, um, third in the dipper, where he wasn't given a, rate, a great ride from well off the pace, albeit the real whacker was giving him three pounds. And I think that, um, that fur to Jerry Colomb and Balcoe Coaster in the Silly Owls last time, again, he's very good form. He's stepping up to three miles. I think he's, there's plenty of uh, stamina in his pedigree. So if you like the real whacker, I, uh, three times the price at a similar level of form, uh, maybe Thunder Rock is the way to go. Okay. He's, a, he's a weird horse, that fella, Tony. Like, yeah. I, I, went, I, I just watched his races. I'd never seen the horse. And watching him, I, I was at Sandown the last day, and I, I expect, seeing him in the parade ring, I was expecting him to be quite small because he, he's got like a very low technique and... When you watch him, like he, he does a lot of nodding at, at the at the back of fences, <laughs> and he loses momentum. But he, but he's actually not small. He just has a he, he just jumping style. He's got a very low technique, and whatever about his getting his um, his landing gear out, he he's, hasn't been brilliant at it. But going up and trip could help him a little yeah. bit slower. We um, need to move on mm. because I'm being told off by the gods above that we need uh, to keep this sharp, guys. This, keep this sharp. This, this, Don't this, forget this, we this, is, this is the authority that the, to that the host bears, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm steering this ship, but don't uh, forget we have the daily shows. We have the daily shows to get stuck into. As soon as anybody starts talking about Paddock, yeah, definitely move on. Exactly, <laughs> TC. Damn right. On to the big race on the Wednesday, which is, of course, the Queen Mother Champion Chase. We get to see Edward Stone take on Energumine, take on Editor G, and the likes of Gentleman Me and Blue Lord, Nube Negra, grade one winners themselves thrown in there to make it a spicy little contest. Kevin, you are looking like you want to start on this one. This is it. I love this rematch between those top three in the betting here. And for me, Edward Stone, all day long. British Chasers, this is it. This is our festival. Yeah, look, you love to see it. You know, I love seeing the rematches as well because we have like a direct piece of evidence from a few weeks ago. We yeah. get to throw them back in against each other and uh, see what happens. I'd be with Edward Stone as well. Yes. Um, I think he should have won by two lengths the last day. Um, don't want to knock Tom Cannon too much. He was following, he ended up following the wrong one. 
we can all understand why he thought Nergamain was the one, but he didn't do it on the day. And Edgar de Geet, um, as we've seen in his last two starts, is a right good horse. Mm -hmm. And he ended up, you know, having stolen a bit of a lead. And Edward Stone, what he did from kind of before the second last to halfway up the run in, deadly. You know, real big effort. Came back lame, actually, with a, with a, with a foot issue afterwards. Um, so, look, I'm hoping that he didn't miss much time because he's a horse that can get a bit fresh. He's thrived on racing all the way through. Um, he was a bit over fresh in the Clarence house, I thought, which led to him being ridden a small bit quieter than usual. So um, I know Alan King was debating whether to bring him for a race course gallop or not. Hope he did. Don't know if he did or if he didn't, but I'd, I'd be a bit happier if he did. Okay. Um, and to ride him a small bit more forward. I think he's the best horse in the race. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a cracker. Barry, does the market agree that he's the best horse in the race? Well, just a slight preference from he's 13 to 8. Edward Stone ahead of Energamine, who's 7 to 4. Edward is G6. Well, Edward Stone obviously won the Befford Tyndall Creek. Unseated rider then, and, you know, put in a good performance last day. He traded 101 on on the, on the exchange, you know, it, just before getting nutted again by Editor Dejeet. I backed Editor Dejeet in the Grand Annual last year off 153. I won't be backing him this time around. <laughs> uh, can't face into him. Energamine's bubble was just a little bit burst last time out. Uh, it can't be a little bit burst. Well, it was burst just, yeah. no, it's like <laughs> a little agreed, bit pregnant, agreed. I suppose. Yeah. It, <laughs> might, it might be a slow puncture. A slow <laughs> puncture. Maybe. I, I wouldn't just give up on him just yet. I don't think that was, you know, I so think you'd be primed. So your team Energamine? Yeah, I'm just, just okay. with Energamine. Two votes market. for Edward Stone, one vote for Energamine. Down to you boys. Brendan, let's start with you. Please be Edward Stone. I am a Edward Stone. I, I, I'm a huge Edward Stone fan. You can imagine, though, I'm a little bit conflicted because I, I, I feel like in my head he's one of the toughest horses in training and one of the best jumpers in training. And he's fallen and been out battled in his last two runs. But I think it's fine. I thought you were going to say you were a little bit conflicted there because he's not ridden by Harry Copter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, but, where, well, that's where I thought well, you were going Well, funny there. enough, I half think that Tom Cannon had the fall in Kempton in his head over the early fences in Chelham. And I don't blame him. He must have got an awful shot. I think that's the only mistake I've ever seen him make yeah, over yeah. a fence. Mm. Uh, so it was just a, a weird thing. And then he just seemed to kind of be a little bit careful over the first three. As Kevin says, he made that big move turning for home. I do think he was an unlucky loser at Cheltenham. And I think he's just about the best horse in this race. Okay, love it, love it. And finally, TC, over to you. Uh, I'm belatedly coming around to um, Team Duke and Team Nichols. Um, oh. I backed Grenatine at 40 plus on the exchange and um, 33 each way. I think he's still a fair price at 25 each way. The sportsbook, I think, if that's yeah, the case. Yeah, 25. Yeah. Um, the reason being, I think there's four horses that can win this race on form. Um, obviously, the top two in the market, Editor De Gilles, uh, and Grenatine. Now, Grenatine is rated 169. It's only a pound behind Edward Stone. Uh, he's got a, a body of work that suggests he, he should he can be bang there at his best. Albeit his best forms at Sandown and Exeter, um, and Ironically, that, that, that real, arguably, career best at Exeter first time up may have set him back because it was such a big performance first time up. Maybe he's, he's needed his next two runs. Obviously, he was disappointed in the Tingle Creek when beating by Edge of Stone. He ran no kind of race at Newbury last time. But Nick and will have him prepped for this. And okay. I, I just think, from a form perspective, four winners, and one of you can back one of them at 25 to one each way. So, Grenatine for me. And he has got previous form. He has got proof, although it was a much worse renewal. He was only beaten two lengths in this race two years ago, so, and he's a much better horse now. Okay, Grenatine at a big price for TC then. Uh, we can move on to best bets elsewhere on the Wednesday. Um, these are short and sharp, snappy lines, please, boys. And Brendan, we will start with you. Rewind again back to the Coral Cup earlier in the day. 
Coral Cup, HMS Seahorse, no bargain this mark for 143, but I do think he's a horse going place. There's got to a mark in the hundreds on the flat. Jumped a lot better in Navin the last time of winning a competitive handicap hurdle and has the festival form from his placed effort in the Boodles last year. He's a pro, isn't he? Done on one breath there, but for anyone who missed the name of that horse, it was HMS Seahorse. Uh, TC, we can come to you for your selection in, well, we'll start with the Grand Annual. You've yeah, got I, a shout in that. Yeah, I've actually had a dirty each way, no one I know bet, final orders uh, for the Arkle on the grounds that not many will turn up. Um, so I've got to be interested in him here. Very progressive horse. Your UK handicapper would only give him a, a pound higher mark. Uh, so final orders is very interesting, the Grand Annual. And regular readers of the podcast, will, uh, listeners to the podcast will know I never bet or tip in bumpers, but I've had a bet on Encanto Bruno uh, in, the, in the champion bumper. Um, you know, unbeaten, wildly impressive at Cheltenham in October. The form couldn't have worked out better. The, the horse he beat, and he beat him silly. Um, strong leader. He's come out of one his next three, and people are talking about for a novice hurdle. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if John McConnell's got him here, fit in the same form, and the ground isn't too bad, then in Canto Bruno, he's around about 14 to 1 plus on the exchange. Uh, that's the way I've played the race, in Canto Bruno and the champion bumper. A rare champion. The things I never thought I'd see. TC Rare as rocking horse. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, Kev, you've got two other selections on day two, but can you start with the Grand Annual, please, taking on TC's selection? Yeah, look, the Grand Annual... It, you know yourself now, Vanessa, when you're doing these Cheltenham previews, it can be very difficult to come up with something even remotely original because these races are just so hammered. Overdone. Um, overdone. But it, like, there is a general angle at the Cheltenham Festival that, get, that is very underplayed, and I'm going to lean into it here, and it's English horses and the handicap chases. Like, they are particularly well in compared to the Irish. You know, last year was, was a real example. Four handicap chases, top five. There was only two Irish horses appearing in those 20. And you look at the markets for the four handicap chases this season, and the market like, isn't tuned into this at all. Like The Ultima is the exception, because there's just not going to be many Irish runners. In the Grand Annual, I think four of the top five in the market are Irish. In the Plate, three of the top four are Irish. In the Kim Muir, I think the top four are Irish. Like, as a general policy, like, just go with the English. Play it whatever way you want, but like I think you're going to be doing all right if you lean into that all week. Okay. That's what I'm doing here. Rouge Viff, Harry Whittington. It'd be a great story. The horse boomed for him early on in his career. The owners switched the horse to Paul Nichols. He went off the boil. Harry Whittington went to the sales and bought him back, and they've targeted him all year at this. He's, Love it. He's plummeted down the weights. He's like over 20 pounds well in. This is it. This is his big target. He's the type of horse you want for the race. He's going to be up on the front end. This is derby day for him. And the pr he's contracting in price. I think there might be some 14s or 16s still knocking around. I could see him being a shortener. I know you could look at him and accuse him of being a weak finisher. But if it's ever going to happen for him, I'd say it'll be here. So he's my, my, my representative for that angle in this race. And then finally, cross-country race. We know you have a strong opinion here. Please give it to us. Yeah, look, if Gordon Elliott doesn't win this now, he'll swim home, I'd say. You know, he has, he's got Delta work, he's got Galvin, but, you know, be, being in for the press day last week, like, he was doing his best to hide it now, but I always say I think I have a good read on Gordon Elliott, be, being, you know, doing these things with him for a long time, and I think he was doing his very, very best to keep a lid on how keen he is for Galvin. Oh. I think 
He's been over to Cheltenham. Jamie Codd rode him at Cheltenham there during January, schooled him over the banks. Um, they've been away to a number of different cross-country setups around Ireland with him. And the key is the ground. It's, it's almost certainly going to be quite quick there, okay. you know, by Cheltenham standards. And that's not for Delta work. Uh, if the ground is nice, like I, I think he didn't say it, but if I'm any reader of Gordon Elliott, I think he reckons Gallivan is well ahead of Delta work on nice wow. ground, even though he's never run over the course. So okay. I could see that them, what is it, something like even money five to two, I could see them getting a lot closer in price. Brilliant insight. Okay, let's move on to day three. We need to keep this show rattling along, guys. We will kick off with the turners. Don't forget, if you're sat there thinking we've bypassed loads of the races or we haven't mentioned certain horses, we will be doing the daily shows. So just stay tuned to the podcast throughout the week because you'll get even more detailed insight from these lads. So let's roll on Thursday and we kick off with the turners. And bang, Barry, it's back to you. We've got another old spoose here. We certainly do. Mighty Potter's currently five to four. I think we're odds boosting that out to two to one. Uh, Mighty Potter is five to four. El Fabiolo's a, f well, El Fabiolo's a five to two chance in here as well. Three to one Bambridge. Bambridge next. Yeah, appreciated is four to one seven Sir Gerhard. But uh, yeah, we're odds boosting out to two to one um, Mighty Potter. This is my one of, another one of my banks of the meeting. We had one of them with El Fabiolo in the Arkle, and I'm coming to you first about Mighty Potter, Kev, because, again, you were in the yard, and you've already touched upon it. I really feel like everyone around this horse thinks this is the big white hope of their future. Yeah, and like you, could, you could see it with, with my reading of Gordon Elliott. You could see it two years ago. They absolutely loved this horse. Like Before he even ran on the track, he was, t he was talking him up quietly, you know? And look, he's been great. Look, there was a big blip in the Supreme last year. Um, he was my fancy for that, and he made a bad mistake early and was pulled up, and it, it was thoroughly depressing. Look, he wouldn't have beaten Constitution Hill. I think we know that now, but um, I wouldn't be using that run to knock him. Some will say that, oh, God, he was very disappointing at Cheltenham last year. Mm. You know, there was a whisper, too, that he, he didn't travel over great, so um, maybe keep an eye on Gordon um, in the immediate um, build-up to the race, now, just in case there's any little worries on that front. But um, he's been generally very good over fences. A um, little bit wild at times. I don't think we've seen the very best of him over a fence just yet. No. But you'd have to love how powerful he was up, in the, up the run in at Leopardstown. Um, look, he looks a real one. I've always loved him. I'm not going with him. Oh. I'm going with Appreciated. Oh, um, I thought you were going to go Team Bambridge, the obvious selection no, for you. No, no, I'm with, I'm with Appreciated. He, he's literally three years older than, um, than Mighty Potter, um, but he doesn't have a whole lot of miles on the clock. And... Loved his first two runs over fences, show over, over two miles, showed a really likable jumping technique, one that would seem very well suited to going up and trip to me, like really, really good at adjusting when he was getting in tight, very clever, losing no ground. Um, beaten in the Irish Arca last time, as we mentioned, look, that was a ruthless, end, relentless end-to-end -end gallop, and he hung in there for a long time, but, but I think it burst him. I don't think he wants to go flat out over two miles. Okay. I think going up to two and a half is just what he wants. Yeah. He's a high-class horse, and I could see him just tucking in behind the leaders there and, um, and getting the better of the big one in Mighty Potter. 
Brendan, I'm looking over at you. Brendan's doing this whole show and he's got one sheet of paper for his notes and there's sort of three lines on it, but there's loads of lines near this horse, mm. near this race. So I'm going to come to you next. I feel like you've got something big. One of them's remembered to feed the cat later. <laughs> 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 um, the shopping list. Uh, great eyesight, yeah. Um, I, yeah I, I'm supposed to make a brief succinct notes, but uh, <laughs> what, what, can you, what can you say about this race? Mighty Potter, I think you just win. I really well, is that all you've got down no, there? No, Mighty no, Potter no, just no, wins? No, 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 please allow me to elaborate. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, I, what I liked about him was he's been impressive in all his three runs, but I thought his most polished round of jumping came last time out, as it should be. Uh, I wouldn't worry about last year. He was in the company of a super freak. There's nothing in this race to take him out of his comfort zone like that. And I thought he'd travel and jump comfortably and win comfortably. That's, that's all. Oh, that's it? No. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> okay, Mighty Potter just wins then. But that's what he has written down. TC, what about you? Are you I, look, I don't know why I'm taking the mickey. I'm, I'm Mighty Potter as well, mm. and he just wins as far as I'm concerned. I yep, feel like we might be underestimating Bambridge, but anyway. A lot of people look at me like I've got two heads when I say this, but I don't fancy Mighty Potter at all. But just take the two to one, because it is the wrong price. Um, price is everything in, in gambling. Uh, and even if you don't fancy Mighty Potter, two to one a gift, and I imagine that will come under serious uh, odds boost pressure. Um, but uh, aside from the odds boost at two to one, um, I'm going to look outside of the top three in the market, the Irish. Uh, stage star, I think Barry mentioned him as a possible for the Browns. I think they'll come here. I think that defeat of That's All Right Gino last time was a really good effort, it was really good on the clock. He's stepping up in class here, but. He's a very, very talented horse. But my main bet in the race is an each-way bet on Balco Coastal. Um, the form where he beat Solo uh, it has been franked since by, by the, by the runner-up. And the run last time behind Jerry Colombs in the Silly Isles, I mean, like I said, I'm taking a strong view of that form. Well, the second and third, anyway. Um, I thought it was, was really, really promising. Traded, traded very short there when looking to have Jerry Colomb in trouble. Um, again, I spoke to the jockey this morning. Talked to him about that, and he just said he had a right blow after the race. He said he really surprised him how much he needed him. Now, having, you know, having ridiculed Nicky Henderson for saying John Bond had a 40-minute blow after Warwick, I, I'm probably kind of like choosing my battles a bit there and, <laughs> and picking my arguments. But no, I, I think Balco Coastal is, I, I, I since they've got some real confidence behind that, and maybe confidence which isn't reflected in double-figure quotes. So... I'm okay. going to be backstage each way, but my main bet's going to be Balco Coastal each way. Lovely. Worth Love it. Worth noting that the Mighty Potter enhancement is available for a limited period of time. And just, just <laughs> on a general note... And I'm, and I'm getting it first. Yeah. <laughs> just on a, a general point with um, Gordon Elliott relating to Mighty Potter and the rest in, in an effort to say something that you, you probably haven't heard elsewhere. I, I had a very interesting conversation with a man very closely associated with the yard, and he made a really interesting point. If you look back at Gordon's performance at Cheltenham last season, like it was disappointing, whatever way you dress it up. I two think he winners. two winners. Yeah. And there's a feeling in that yard that we all know the, the wider picture. It was Gordon's first Cheltenham back after all his troubles. And the view was that in their preparation, that they overdid it. You know, they were so mm. anxious and keen to get back and have a big Cheltenham That's that the, horse, the horses didn't miss a gallop day anywhere. Mm. They were going for away days all over the shop. And when all was said and done and they came back, they felt that, right, we, we, we might have squeezed a little bit hard there. Okay. And seemingly the preparation for this season has been notably different. They've gone much quieter away with them. And there's a feeling in that team that you'll see a fair old jump up in performance okay. uh, in general across the whole lot of them. 
Interesting angle. We will take that on board and move on to the Ryanair, where many people's banker of the festival runs here in Shishkin, up at the top of the market, taking on the likes of Blue Lord, Conflated, Jana Dill, Fury Road, Envoy Allen, all in there in the market currently. How short a price is Shishkin off the back of that impressive comeback, Barry? Yeah, well, after winning the Befer Ascot chase, he was 5-4 to four from 7-2. to two. He's into 8-11 to 11 now, so hardening all the time. But he was the same price last year for the Queen Mom champion chase before he bombed out. So I think you're going to have plenty of people on the exchange looking to take him on. Blue Lords, a 5-1 to one chance. Conflated, who fell when getting into contention, albeit beaten a long way by Ala. He was getting beaten a long way by Alaho last year, but so was everything else. He's a 5-1 to one chance. Jan and Dill is 7-1, to one and it's 8 bar. But he's going to be a horse that divides opinion, Siskin. He's a real exchange horse. Okay. Interesting. Um, Tony, I'll come to you first with Shishkin because yeah. it's interesting what Barry says. For me, I feel like he's really, he either, he'll either win or he'll bomb out. Yeah. Is he, that fair? Yeah, he's a classic Betfair horse in many ways, not least because he's trading around even money on the exchange. And if you are laying a horse, you don't want to be laying, you know, two, three, four to one because you're betting heavy odds on and I would never really count on that. Not, not laying a horse in isolation anyway. But yeah, I mean, Shishkin... The positives are, if he runs to the form he showed last time, that 10 to 11 should be more like eights on. Yeah. Uh, but the downside is, he did blow out in the race last year. They did find he had a serious bone condition. Um, he, he ran below Pine in the Tingle Creek when they, you know, he had a soft palate problem. So they corrected that. Um, he's not a rock-solid proposition. A lot of people saying, you know, given that the, the preparation he had before the Betfair Ascot chase, he, um, yeah, he, he, they could have him primed for that and he could call it recoil, even though it's, it's about four weeks later. So there are reasons to get against him, but I'd probably take him out of the equation. Um, Janadil, uh, second in the race last year. Um, apparently, he walked around the Goran paddock like, a bit like me. He looked as though he was like, yeah, had about three dinners beforehand, apparently. So he massively surprised him by winning there. Now, this horse does have a brilliant record fresh, but I'm just hoping if they did leave him seriously undercooked at Gorham when he won and surprised them, then he could, you know, take out that, uh, that kind of like, uh, you know, the, the meaning that he has to, he, you know, has to be fresh to show his best. So, okay. And I, I've had a wild stab at Gala as well. Um, okay. If he turns up here, I, I, but you've got to back him non one no bet because, or non one money back because... They're still rumbling and ahhing about the Gold Cup and etc. Okay, well, Janadil is currently a 7-1 to one shot and Garlora is currently 16s on the sports book. Um, Brendan, are you with or against Shishkin? I'm, I'm on the fence. No, uh, you're not allowed to be. The whole point of these preview shows is you're not allowed to be on the fence. No, the, like I said, I was like saying to someone earlier here, the best weapon in a punter's armoury is no bit. It's it's it doesn't make for a very good preview, though. No, right? exactly. <laughs> yeah, mate, but I, 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 28 I, races. If you're backing in 28 races, mate, yeah. you're doing something wrong. I, 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 can't, te I can't tell lies. I mean, uh, t t wow. Tony's... Tony's <laughs> 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 I, I, can't I, can't I can't tell lies on a Tuesday. Uh, Tony... Uh, t t t well, especially uh, as it's Wednesday. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Tony has summed it up uh, very well. Okay. Um, but uh, I, 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 I would just say as a caveat, I am concerned about the bounce for Shishkin. I saw someone saying that, uh, oh, I wouldn't worry about the bounce for Shishkin because he never came off the bridle and ascot, which is true. Mm. But that's not the way it works. So he's basically running, he put up a near career best performance there and he's one of the best horses in training. If you run 
to a level that's almost at the peak of what any thoroughbred can do. It has to take a physical toll, and he's had problems, and it's a relatively short backup, and you're taking a short price. Having said that, he could run within seven pounds of that form and still win this because it's not a particularly good race. Like I wouldn't be convinced about Blue Lord stamina. I know he won over two and a half miles in Clonmel, but he doesn't look, look like a stare to me. I would probably, because we have to have a bet because I'm on a bad panel, I would probably back Janadil. I, I, I want to promote gambling responsibly, <laughs> so you don't have to have a bet. The point is, is you have to have an opinion, because opi that's why you're here. My, ah, my yeah. opinion is that Janadil is a very solid play in the betting without market, because I don't love uh, Blue, Blue, Blue Lord stamina. Okay. Janadil was second in the race last year, comes here off a good performance in Goran, and a repeat of last year's effort might be good enough to chase home Shishkin. Okay, we got there eventually. Uh, <laughs> What about you, Kev? Short and succinct here because we need to keep timings tight. We've got a star coming on shortly. Yeah, sure, look, the lads have summed it up well. Like, if he does what he did last time, he just wins. He, he looked in physically better shape than he, than he ever has, I dare say. Um, he has a tendency to jump to his left normally. That wasn't there, which would indicate to me that on that particular day, he was feeling great. But look, he's a, he's a bit like the Jamaican bobsled team. Like, you know he's capable of a massive effort, but there's a screw rattling there at the front, and you don't know if it's going to hold on for the whole run. And if, that's, if that screw pops off, you're in trouble, because uh, he has had chass chassis issues um, over the years. <laughs> so he's a short price with that in mind. But do I want to be... You, you could take the old Moscow flyer approach with him, you know, back him for the win and play slay him. Okay. Um, you know, we don't get to roll that one out too often these days, but it wouldn't be an unreasonable approach with him, I'd say. But look, it's very hard to take him on with, with bullishness. But yeah, it's got, it's got little red flags sticking out all over this race, doesn't it? Yeah, little red flags. But what we want from you guys now, more audience participation, please. Are you with or against Shishkin? Oh. Are you going to back him or lay him? And I feel like this is going to be a close call. Should lay, be a close call. Oh, yeah. It's a very close call. It's more layers than backers, Good. definitely. Oh. Yeah. The boss man in the corner is heavy laying in the corner there. There are credit to crowds. <laughs> credit to crowds we love that thanks we like the audience participation before we move on from day three guys obviously we've got the stayers hurdle the big feature race on the day and barry we will come to you first for prices here because this is a race which has had flip-flopping favorites all season long but surely now corbett's cross is up there uh sorry no, that Blazing is a complete Cal. Blazing lie. Cal. Blazing Carl, if he runs. Yeah, well, he's 11-4 favourite at the moment. This is turning in, could potentially be one of the races at a festival, the Paddy Power Stairs. Her Mary's Rock if she comes here, and it looks like, I think TC will have a word on that. She's a 7-2 chance. Tihupu is the same price. Flooring Porter, a two-time winner, the race is 11-2. Fourth favourite, same price as home at by the Lee, who was what fourth or fifth in it last year, classical dream in there at nine to one. Twelve to one gold tweet, the horse that I like in the race. I was just so impressed with him last day. It was his first time at three miles. He travelled so well, he stayed. Um, obviously, you know, he looks like a horse that only a six-year-old just turned six, so plenty of improvement in him. I think he's way overpriced at twelve to one gold tweet. Overlooking the French horse. Um, who should we come to first? Well, TC, it's nice yeah. lead in. We've got the Marys Rock angle in here. If yeah. she shows up with the mayor's allowance, will she get the trip? So many question marks. Yeah, I must stress I haven't spoken to anybody uh, on this. He lied. Uh, but yeah, it looks like they're going to come here and, okay. uh, you know, and leave maybe Epitome, maybe Fear to Glory for the mayor's hurdle. But yeah, I, um, I'm with Barry here. I mean, good job you didn't have a mic on me when. Gold, um, gold tweet. Gold tweet. That's the one. Gold tweet beat Dashiell Drasher uh, in the Cleve Hurdle last time because I had a good go on Dashiell Drasher that day, and 
I thought he had it, and then I looked behind, and there was this Johnny Sharon just sitting there <laughs> with about 10 gears left on, on Gold Tweet. And, you know, I can only just think it's kind of like xenophobia at work. I mean, and like you said, if you know, aunties and uncles and all that, but if this horse was trained by a Henderson, um, a, a Mullins, or whoever, he would be probably near a fours and twelves, and I honestly do mean that. It wasn't, it was out of the ordinary, but it wasn't inexplicable. But he's, he's only six, it was his first run over three miles, uh, and as I was chatting to Bendon earlier, I mean, he wasn't unbacked when winning at Cheltenham. So, given his age, given the unexposed nature, given the, given the, the performance last time, um, I'd be probably more worried about the jockey, he said harking back to the xenophobia angle. Um, yeah, gold tweet, I, I agree with Barry. Gold tweet, 12 to 1, seems wrong. I hope Dashiell Dressel runs well because I backed him at big prices each way, but gold tweet. Okay, two votes for the French horse then at a big price. Brendan, does that mean that you agree with what TC is saying? Well, I, I, I do think he's, he's a very interesting horse, Gold Tweet, because, I mean, basically he pulled the jockey's arms out the whole way around. Now, the danger is, of course, that he repeats that and whether he can get away with it in a, in, in a slightly better race and on different ground. But, I mean, there are ground concerns for T. Poo Poo, Home by the Lee. The Blazing Cal seems to have had an interrupted prep, if you believe what's coming out of the stable. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, re I'm, I'm really quite annoyed because I was going to come at you with a really strong opinion for the mayor's hurdle with Marie's Rock, and now they've taken that away from me. Oh. And now I'm, I'm, I'm going wishy-washy because this has to be a concern, this trip. Now, obviously, they're not concerned. They're I'm concerned. You're concerned. I'm but concerned. I, 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 well, well, I'm concerned because she... Three she, votes for the concern. Well, no, she is a mare who could take a bit of a grip. Now, she's been settling better in her races of late, and that has led to an, an upturn in her fourth. Well, she's posting slightly better efforts. She was getting away with being keen in her races before. Uh, I, I, I think she's just a, a much improved mare. That rel keel hurdle form looks rock solid with Drashel Dasher in beyond. She tanked through that race. She'd be, it'd be hard to concede the mare's allowance to her. If she stays, which I'm concerned about, but you're, you're getting a price, I'll, I'll, I'll chance her. I'll, I'll chance her stamina. I think she's the best horse in the race. Okay. What about you, Kev? Um, Tiapu, oh, marginally. Yes. Tough race. Really tough race. Um, always liked this horse. Uh, he was my kind of each-way selection in the champion hurdle last year. That went terribly. Um, but he has looked more at home, up in trip. Question mark about the ground. Um, but, again, I'm... I'm, I'm inclined to take a chance arguably a question mark about the trip mm -hmm. um, one over three miles last time on testing ground but it wasn't the race that really deeply examined stamina but look i think he's got the right racing character for it he's a bit behind the bridle and it was interesting he, um, gordon was saying that davy was delighted that he got the chance to ride him because he's a horse that he took him by surprise as in he, he was quite behind the bridle and davy said come on get going and all of a sudden whoosh he's in front way yeah. too soon um, so he feels he himself will benefit a lot from that experience of the horse. So it's a marginal call, really tough race, um, and you know, marginal. What about home okay. by the league? Yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted with home by the league because everyone was so delighted with him last time. It was the first time, it, in, well, in a long time that he travelled, and he even took JJ by surprise, you know, to coming out of the back straight, like JJ's asked him to go forward, expecting him to hit a flat spot and get outpaced as he so often has. And he's actually gone forward and again, ended up in front too soon and, um, and stayed on really well and won. If you knew he was going to travel like that again, you'd give him a great chance. Barry, all you need to know here is that Kev 
just takes any opportunity to tip a Joseph O'Brien horse, and he hasn't here. <laughs> so that says all you need to know about this horse's chance. Yeah, like you only have trying to go to back to price about him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. trying to know. Well, look, price. you only have to go back two starts to see the old home by the league. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, where he's literally spatted out after three hurdles. He's ended yeah. up winning, but you can't do that in a stairs hurdle. He's unreliable. You know, he ran in the, he ran in the race last year. Like there was a few. He's a bit claustrophobic. He prefers smaller fields. Look, I think he'll be jumped up to be handy and out of trouble. And look, if he doesn't travel, he will be in trouble pretty quickly. So yeah. I think you'll know your fate by halfway. Okay. Um, before we leave day three, let's do our other selections, guys. Uh, TCL come to you first. You've got a fancy in the plate and a fancy in the mare's novice. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I think there's going to be a cheer from the crowd when I say this one. It's uh, That's All Right Gino in the plate. I do oh. like Ferrero. Hey. I do like Ferrero Bama in that race, but I don't think he's going to get in off a mark of 135. Anna's over there and stops. That's all right, Juno will. Uh, you've got put up for that second to Stage Star last time, and it could well be that their confidence is going to increase if Stage Star runs a big race in the Turners uh, at the start of the card. So yeah, I think back going left-handed, uh, back at Cheltenham where he ran so well last time. Very progressive horse. I take a very positive view on that. Uh, I think Lucia is going to take all the beating in the, um, in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. Well, that's not my angle into the race. My angle into the race, if it is decent ground, it's a stable mate, a horse with no name. Second in the race last year. Um, much improved on the flat. Um, and it, it was a brilliant training performance by Nikki Hennigan because she bled really badly uh, on Boxing Day. But he's... It was what, she was one of the horses that Nikki sent to Kempton, and that was quite telling. Um, I, I just like he's six, she's sixteens on the uh, on the sports book. I think you'll get bigger than that on the day, so I'd wait. Okay. And I think she's forty plus on the exchange, but yeah, uh, that's all right, Gino, for Team Betfair. Love it, Team Betfair in the corner. Whoop whoop. Um, Kev, you've got one extra selection, have you, in the Potemps? Oh yeah. You've yeah, forgotten his name, though. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is a great piece of life advice as well. His name is Shoot First. Shoot uh, First. <laughs> always Shoot First. Always Shoot um, First. And trained by Charles Burns, who I think could have a really big week. Um, he has, at the time of recording, like five entries, and four of them like you can make a really good case for. And he, like, I love a sneaky one in the pretemps. Love the race, love digging around amongst the, the quieter qualifiers. He's a more obvious qualifier, having bolted up at Cheltenham um, last year, but God, he was impressive. And that race has worked out it, you know, in very good style for a race of its type. And he danced in. Like yeah. he's actually, like he's dropped in to be ridden quiet and he's tanked his way like up into contention, four out. He's in front too soon. He's idling and absolutely extracting the Michael <coughs> all the way up the run in and still won very well. He's 10 pounds higher, but I don't think it'll stop him. Okay. And, like I think the final, the way it's run, you know, generally, th truly run, you know, he'll be able to be ridden that bit quieter. Like, look, he's not an All-Ireland price for a pretemps or anything like it, but like, I could see him like win up. winning apologizing, yeah. Okay, well, he'll be finishing this in second, won't he? Well, well this walking on air, now it's a bit of a guess up. Because you have to think that... You just that love the Brits, don't you? Well, well I, I mean, I respect Nicky Henderson. He's been at the game a long time, and he seems to really love it. And he it. can see now. 
That's really crucial. <laughs> yes. <his> glasses. <laughs> yeah, the marvellous, marvellous. Yeah, so uh, I, I think he'd be enjoying himself on his uh, post-Cheltenham jolly. But uh, walking on air, yeah, I, I, I mean, the horse has started favourite in five of his six starts. Uh, the only time he didn't was when he was pitched into a grade one on second start when he went off second favourite. So they just really rate this horse. And I thought he was putting it together the last day in Wincanton. Uh, he was disappointed. Well, not disappointing, but he was placed when a favourite on his first two starts this season. But I just thought he was getting the hang of things in Wincanton, tanked through the race. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna love the tempo of the pretemps. He has a slightly high head carriage, but I mean, he's by walking the park. You know, yeah, okay. I, I blame the parents. I wouldn't like that. He just swaggers <laughs> through his races like a proper horse, and he could easily be a hundred and fifty horse, couldn't he? Well, maybe, but I blame my parents for a lot in my life as I well. So that's a fair angle. Yeah, in. Well, I like it's that. definitely not. My I think they probably blame themselves as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, that wraps up day, day three with the boys, and now we get to the part of the show that you guys have all been waiting for, as have you, because we get to welcome in Betfair's new racing ambassador, that is none other than Rachel Blackmore. Hey. Please come on in, Rachel. You get to sit down next to me. Oh, <laughs> How are you, my dear? How are you Good, getting on? Good, yeah, yeah, great to be here. Um, hey, everyone. Saying lots of insightful Hi, things for the last while. Oh, we go that far. I've been listening in the background. It's rare for me and Rachel. I think this is the first time we've ever worked together, but I've known Rachel for a good while now, so this is a, this is a special moment for us. Yeah, it is. Well, um, probably a bit more for me than it is for her, if we're being deadly <laughs> honest, but we'll take that. Yeah, we will, we will. No, and now good. you're only a little bit late to the party because, of course, you have actually been doing proper work, riding out this morning, Team Mullins up at, the, up at Leopardstown, was it? How did that all go? Yeah, all went good. Um, the final prep is going into all the horses this week so yeah it's a really exciting week the the finishing touches are being putting to all of your charges uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah we'll see what happens I'm always intrigued to know with these things because you know those Irish yards are pretty laid back they have plenty of grade one winners but in the build-up to Cheltenham the likes of the De Bromhead yard the Mullins yard there must be some tension there must be a bit of fraction there a bit nervous energy oh definitely like you're you know, a lot of the, the main work is done with all these horses now. You're just keeping them ticking over, doing their last little bits and, you know, trying to get them in the lorry and on the ferry and, and over for next week. So, yeah, like it's it's an exciting time, but it's also, it can be a long week. Uh, well, it, I was going to say, for I, bet jockeys you, anyway. I bet you just can't wait to get to Tuesday morning now. Yeah, so definitely. Week from now. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, you're, there's been a lot of discussion and talk about all these races and you just can't wait for things to actually kick off at this stage. Just one more week to hold out, to just get there on the Tuesday morning and then hopefully kick off with a bang because we can jump straight in and talk about some of your rides. Obviously, we'll be expecting you to ride in loads of the races, but we just hand-picked a few of your main rides and we've got to start with Honeysuckle. Oh, my heart, my head, everything wants her to win the mayor's hurdle on Tuesday. And surely, if you could just pick one winner of the week, would it not be her, just for sentimental value? Uh, look, I, 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 she's been incredible for me, obviously. Like, she's taken my career to a whole new level, and she's been unbelievable. Um, and, yeah, look, my heart and my head is, is the same as you. Um, and, like, she feels in really good form. Um, you know, I, I can't fault her in that way. She still feels like she's plenty of fight, and... 
you know, she ran really, really well in Leopardstown. Um, you know, she just wasn't wasn't good enough on the day to beat Statement, but she still ran a really solid race. And you know, she really stuck out her head when she could feel Vauban coming and, and, and battled to hold on to that second. So, look, she feels great. Um, Henry's been happy with her. So, yeah, look, hopefully we, we get over there now. It's interesting, that insight. You, that's, I find that really fascinating. And Mare just getting a bit older, the months going past. But you feel that she's still got the fight. She still wants it. Yeah, she, she definitely does. Um, that, that's, that's been in her. That's just an instinct that she has. Um, you know, she's got a massive will to win and she'll do her best to, to try and do that. And at home, obviously, the team know us so well, all the team that you've referenced so many times behind the scenes. What would they like to be seeing from her now? Because she can be quite sassy, we know that. But it's just when she's really ready, does she kind of get more like that? Yeah, like she, you know, you wouldn't be going into the stable and asking <laughs> her for a cuddle or anything. Uh, you know, she's got her own personality. And yeah, like, the, you know, uh, the people looking after her every day know her more than anyone. Um, you know, they're with her in the morning, feeding her in the evening, riding her out. You know, they're properly looking after these horses. And it's the same in every yard. It's that team at home is, is just massively important to, to know that these horses are in good form. The roof will come off the place if she wins, I think. I, if she wins the mare's hurdle, it might not be the champion hurdle story we were all after at the start of the season, but if she wins the mare's, I promise you, it'll just be, be the moment of the festival, I think. Fingers crossed, anyway. Um, let's move on to day two, because you've got a couple of good rides on day two. Um, obviously, a horse with a much bigger price, anyway, as far as the way we're looking at it, but Captain Guinness in the champion chase. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid horse at a level, but surely he's got a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, look, uh, he's a bit. He is a big price, but I think he's. I think he's a very good each way. Uh, each way bet, like oh. you know, he he could really run into it here. He's in fantastic form at home, um, and yeah, like I think he could be a bit of a, a bit of a dark horse to to pick to pick up some. Uh, some of the prize money and like after that you just never know you know what I mean yeah. uh, so I I, uh, I wouldn't fully underestimate him um, yeah could run a good race at a big price definitely um, talk to Barry Orr about his selection in the Ballymore in the pocket because give him some confidence fill him with some confidence he's our boss after all at this stage <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah he ran really really well the last day um, you know he's back up in trip here He's a horse that's got plenty of speed as well, which you need for a race like this. Um, and yeah, no, I, you'd be really very much looking forward to him as well. Yeah, I thought that was a good run last day over two miles, all things considered, yeah. And he yeah. beat the right horse in Nace as well. Three yeah, look, he, he's, he's a really nice horse and he's an improving horse. And uh, yeah, look, we're very lucky to have him in the yard. That'll do for me. Envoy Allen, the, the fallen star, I think it's far to, fair to say. You know, when you look back at the hype around this horse, what was it, two seasons ago, and how he's fallen from that place where we were so hyped up about him. Like, what is your reading of this horse? Like, do you know when he's going to put in a half-decent performance when you're sort of going down to post on him? Is he as quirky or as sort of unreliable as he looks to have become on his record? Obviously, we're expecting to see him in the Ryanair chase. And I just don't know which version of him is going to show up. Yeah, look, he was very good in uh, in Down Royal at the start of the season, and Kempton was just a complete flop. I mean, he was just never going, and uh, yeah, like we were all kind of scratching our heads after that, to be honest. Um, so, but I, he's just a horse you cannot underestimate, um, and he's going to be, I think. He's, he is in really good form um, and he's really going to enjoy the little bit of drier ground that it looks like we're going to get. That's really going to suit him. And uh, 
yeah, like he's uh, he's going to run a big race. Um, like we were really looking forward to running him in in Kempton over Christmas, and yeah, as I say, he just did, didn't didn't turn up at all that on that day. But uh, yeah, he's just he's got a horse with a massive ability, and we've seen that in the past. He's won around Cheltenham in the past, uh, so. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to him. I was just about to give her, say that I'm giving up hope with him, but you've actually just pulled me back from the edge a little bit there. Just not. Oh no, yeah, not yeah, he's he's a horse that would uh, you just could never give up hoping. Um, like he's a beautiful horse around the gallop. Uh, you know, he he does his work so easily. Um, he's he's just a very very talented horse, and I don't think anyone would be surprised if if he finished in front. Brilliant. Okay, well, let's move on, guys, because we've got day four to tackle. Of course, we'll be coming back to Rachel for her rides on day four. But for now, we will kick off with the triumph and straight over to you, Barry, because it's another race where we have an odds boost. Blood Destiny up at the top of the market with Lossy Mouth. Where is the odds boost going? Yeah, Blood Destiny it is. Um, uh, Vanessa, it was a seven to four chance. It's been odds boost out to five to two. Uh, so Blood Destiny, 7-4, to 8-5-2. to two. Lossy Maid is a 15-8 to eight chance. Gallum so is 9-2, to two, comfort zone 10, and it's 20 bar. So Willie Mullins looks to have a stranglehold at the head of the market on the Triumph Hurl. Which way are you going in the Triumph, Kev? Everyone's expecting Lossie Mout to make up for what was seen as an unlucky uh, defeat last time, but I'm going to take Gallum so to uphold the form. Um, I think... Um, Danny Mullins is learning about this filly the whole time. She's quite free. And I think he, he probably, with hindsight, didn't do the right thing with her the first time when Lassie Mount beat her. He kind of broke cover quite early and put her into the race. And they felt she maybe needed the run as well. And he adjusted next time and rode a bit quieter. You know, she's a powerful traveler. And while Lassie Mount had all her troubles and finished off her race, like for me, she never looked like getting Gail Marceau. Who was anything who wasn't really fully extended mm -hmm. so i think a triumph look triumph is a different race to what it used to be one will hope there'll be plenty of pace there and a bit of plenty of cover available um if danny rides her again which i would see as a, as a positive i'd say she takes a bit of knowing and i could see her upholding that form now because lassie mouth isn't a, isn't a gift the jumper it's not like she's a bad jumper but she's just a little bit chasery you'd almost say Okay. And in tight quarters in the Triumph, you could just see her getting shuffled back a little bit, perhaps at a vital stage. So um, I think there's enough reasons to go with Gallimard so to uphold that form, given the separation between them in the market right now. Trappy contest, TC. Where are you going? Yeah, same. Uh, okay. betting, betting's all about the price. Um, it's shades of, you know, Fasal Vega and Ilete Toms, isn't it? Um, just the market's just underestimated the winner. Uh, and I think she's 9-2. to two. I think she's five to one plus on the exchange. It just seems the wrong price to me. There were some people even suggesting that, you know, um, the stable first string might even be Blood Destiny because he, he had the time bandits purring on, on both his starts so far. But yeah, I, 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 I had a quick chat with um, Joe Chambers, which, which is racing manager this morning. And I just said to him, you know, Friday is D-Day for them. Friday is Philly's day, as he said. And he just said, lossy mouth. He said, you know, the bigger the price, the bigger the bet. I don't agree with him. Uh, Gala Masso for me. And I, I wouldn't put you off back in her each way either. Okay, two strong votes for Gala Masso. Brendan, make it the hat trick. Well, I think Lassie Mouth is the value in the race, though. Oh. At the mo well, at the moment, I was convinced um, that Townend would ride her, but uh, the talk of the previous circuits has been that he's going to jump ship to Blood Destiny. But uh, we, we were talking about the politics of the... Um, 
uh, the Ballymore, and uh, this this is much seems much more of a 50-50 coup to me. And you would think he would ride the animal that's owned by a bigger patron of the yard and the one that he feels like he has unfinished business on, because she was unlucky mm -hmm. at the DRF. I mean, I take the last point that the the mayor bidder is improving, but Lossie Mouth was did lose more ground than she was beaten by. And I just thought the form of her fairy house and Leopardstown, Leopardstown at Christmas romps was the best form on offer in this race. I thought she should be favourite, so I'd, I'd make her the better. Okay, on we go to the Albert Bartlett then, uh, the th for the th over the three miles for the novice hurdlers. And I've already mentioned Corbett's Cross got overexcited mm -hmm. about this race and this horse. Corbett's Cross is up at the top of the market, bit of a springer in recent weeks because of his performance recently. But we better start with you, Rachel, because of course Hidden Valley Lake is in here taking on Monty Star, stable mate. Um, reflecting on Hidden Valley Lake's performance last time out, please. Yeah, um, I think maybe the ground didn't help him. Him, um, and the way I rode him also, uh, you know, making the running, um, just a few a few little things went went, went against us on the day. Um, but Monty Starr is, is a very smart individual as well. So th the two of them are going for this at the moment. And um, yeah, th they're both going over there with really good chances. Um, I mean, I know that Henry de had tends to have a, quite a set type of horse, but I think I'm right in saying that Hidden Valley Lake's a gorgeous individual, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um, and like the, you know, I got a proper feel off him in Cork. Um, okay. And I just I just feel like the ground in Clomel, it was that really dry, tacky ground, and he just didn't act in it as well. So I think on a bit of nicer ground in Cheltenham, you know, we're going to see the horse more so that we saw in Cork. Um, I know the ground was heavy in Cork, but it was wet. It was completely, it yeah, it was a completely different type of ground. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, th the profile of, of the, those horses coming out of that race for Henry, especially, you know, they can be second, they can win it. And, and they've gone on to do great things in the Albert Bartlett. So uh, yeah, very much looking forward to them. Okay, intriguing insight. And, and how does the market reflect what Rachel's just said there with the two the Bromhead horses, but also, of course, the aforementioned Corbett's Cross, Barry? Yeah, so Corbett's Cross is 130, Hidden Valley Lake 7 to 1, Monty Star is a 10 to 1 chance, and so not much between then. Embassy Gardens, who won down in Turles, is a 6 to 1 chance. There's, there's an interesting one for me in it that I thought could go really well at a big price um, is Seabank Bristro who tried to give five pounds to Corbett Cross in Limerick. It was odds on to be Corbett's Cross, funny enough, in Limerick. Now, obviously, he's bumped into one there, but that was a decent enough run. He's won since, and he's stepping back up and trip, hopefully, here. He's a 20 to one chance at the moment. I wouldn't let him go and back. I've put him in a couple of multiples. Okay, oh, interesting. Okay, TC, you've been nodding along there to something that Rachel was saying. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I've got the utmost respect for Corbett's Cross, but the connections like to play the guessing game here, don't they? They're just saying we might supplement him for, you know, the, the two-mile five race or whatever. But Hidden Valley Lake is interesting. I mean, a lot of people are, you know, disappointed in that run last time. But the market pretty much reacted, you know, pretty stationary to it. And was giving six pounds to, to the stable mate and just beaten. And when I mentioned Time Bandits earlier, I, I meant the people who make their living by assessing uh, horses' performances on the clock. And when this horse won at Cork um, previously, they were absolutely purring about this. They were saying, you know, that the, some of the sectionals, uh, some of the you know, final circuit splits this, this, this guy posted were, were off the scale. And he was into about six to one after that performance, even though it was a relatively lowly race at Cork. The, the, the clock, the time suggested he was a very, very good horse and possibly a grade one horse. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be disillusioned by that, uh, that defeat last time. 
Uh, yeah, there's a few in there that I like, but um, yeah, I, I would, boringly, I would agree with the market. Corbett's cross if he goes there, but Hidden Valley Lake would be a strong second for me. Okay, over to the boys on the end. Brendan? Well, I mean, this looked like <laughs> such a deep race until, until about two weeks ago, but um, I, I'm going to have two bets in this race. So, yeah, yeah, no, Go because, on. well, if Corbett's Cross runs here and he actually does stay three miles, now he's won on deep ground over three miles, so all the evidence is, now it was a, in a handicap of 130, this is a different kettle of fish, but if he actually does stay three miles, he'll just blow this race apart because, uh, you know, what he was able to do in the race the last day over two miles on good ground up against a proper horse. Well, what I think is a proper horse, I mean, uh, uh, time will tell, um, to, have, to have that kind of speed coupled with potentially having the stamina over three miles, he'll just, be, he'll just take a world of beating. But I'm just intuitively, I find it hard to believe a horse can have that kind of speed and have stamina. It's, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's just in my head I struggle with it. So I'll have a little saver on Absolute Notions, who okay. is made for the race. He's just a dour stayer. He's on his head the whole way around over two miles six in Leopardstown uh, at the DRF, but he's got a really good attitude to stick on for a second behind Goodland. That's probably decent form. Uh, we, we, we'll find out as the week goes on. But um, I, I think he is uh, laden with stamina and a good attitude, and I could see him plugging on for a place. How, really? much, how much do you reckon JP paid for Corbett's Cross? Well, this is, this is interesting. So I heard 600 in Navin. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, you can yeah. only believe half the things you hear at the races. Half? So, so which half do you believe? Yeah. So you just tied up a knot. So I tend to disbelieve everything. Uh, well, no, actually, that's not true. I believe everything until someone asks me to invest money in something. And then I look <laughs> into it in, in greater depth. But I heard six. And then I heard yes. higher, higher. As, and the person who was doing it was a bit of a gammon. It was like, oh, you could go all the way to a million. So it, it's Chinese whispers. So I suppose it's when horses are making 400 grand in point-to-point -point boutique sales, he probably did have to make six, did he? Because he's the scope to make a chaser. It's a pointless conversation no, no. because we'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So it's, let's it's just a conversation people like to have, though, isn't it? The old it's also it's crude to talk about money. Isn't that right, Did Kev? you not ask the question? It was me who asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Kevin. Posh you Vanessa says yeah. vulgar to talk about money, <laughs> Posh, over there. Um, look, I'm on Team Rachel here. I'm hitting oh. my leg. Um, I'd be very willing to forgive last time, as Rachel says. Look, it was a mess of a race, wasn't it? Like, there was no pace. Uh, and Rachel made the running and it probably didn't suit I him I gave really. it a mess variety of yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, we'll blame Rachel but we're, all, we're still on team Rachel that's the main thing, that's the main um, thing. I, I just, just didn't think it suited him did it he, he didn't jump as well he was having a look around you know and I don't think you know it ended up giving Monty Starr a target and you know giving him six pounds I thought it was a big run of defeat um, Cheltenham he'll be much easier right at Cheltenham I'd say pace in front of him etc um, stamina no doubt really good at Cork sounder surface bound to suit I, I'd be very forgiving of, of Clamel. Okay. I think he's going to run a big one Okay, we need to move on because I've been given the countdown. We haven't even got to the Gold Cup yet. So uh, it is classic very Cheltenham preview. Classic <laughs> Cheltenham preview. We're just all a cliche here. Um, let's talk all things Cheltenham Gold Cup, Rachel. Obviously, a Plutard coming back to win the race for a second year running. What sort of form is he in? That's what everyone needs to know. Yeah, look, he's really good. He done a really nice piece of work last week. Um, Davy Roach rides him in most of his work. Uh, he was really, really happy with him. So yeah, look, we're all guns blazing now, and uh, I can't wait to can't wait to ride him in the race again. Is he is he ever particularly flashy at home, or is he does he just do what's kind of asked of him? No, like we'll say Manella Indo wouldn't be flashy at home. Um, okay. Whereas you know this lad has has a bit more pace. Obviously, you know he's he's a. 
he won one or two mile grade one uh, in in Leperstown. So he he's got he's got plenty of different attributes. Um, but just on Manella Indo, I think he's a massive price um, for the Gold Cup as well. He's he's in great form at home as well, and uh, yeah, I think you know the two of them are going there with really good chances. Okay, fascinating. So a little nod to the old boy Manella Indo. I call him old. He's a ten-year-old. What's what's Manella Indo's price, Barry? At twenty to one. Yeah, I thought he had a, a massive. A good like chance. he he, yeah. he was second he's last year. He won it the year before. Cheltenham. He loves it in Cheltenham. Uh, yeah, I think he's a massive each-way price. Yeah. Mm. Is it difficult for you to? Make your mind up which one to ride, or easy no, decision? not not when you when you when you ride a horse to win a Gold Cup last year in the manner he did. Um, yeah, yeah you you, uh, you it's decision making. Possible really, to get yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about horses loving Cheltenham like Manella Indo, to be fair, a Plutard also loves the place. I mean, what what a place to show your best each season, really. Oh, uh, sure, he's been incredible. Like he he really has. Um, he, he, he's a horse that has given me some incredible days. Um, you know, my first winner in Cheltenham and, and the Gold Cup. Like, he's, he's such a talented individual. He's got so many different attributes. He's able to do so many thi different things. He's so simple and straightforward to ride. And, uh, yeah, look, he hasn't had the best preparation this year, obviously. But, yeah, we're, we're really happy with him at home. So, uh, you look forward to it's amazing what some of the moments that stick with you at Cheltenham that maybe away from the bigger races and just look just quickly click back there when he won that close brothers novice handicap chase back in 2019 seeing that he went 60 he won by 16 lengths from Tower Bridge right I remember the way he scuttled from the bottom of the hill mm -hmm. to the top of the hill and the speed that he showed I don't know whether it was just visual or mm -hmm. whether it was actual factual as well it's rare you see a show like that it, it, it was so factual like yeah. I, I felt that and I never thought I'd feel that again until he did something similar in the Gold Cup. Like he's he's an incredible horse. Love it, love it. Um, right, come on, Gold Cup selections, guys. Kev, I think I'll start with you. You look like you're sort of chomping at the bit to get going into the Gold Cup. Go on, take it away. Yeah, it's a proper race. Look, sure you have the start of a gallop in the champ. He's going to be a big opinion horse, isn't he? And I came into the season like a lot of people. I think expecting that he'll probably go through his prep and win all his races, and then Cheltenham would be the time to take him on. You know, extreme stamina test might not suit him as well. But, you know, I thought he was really good in, it, last time the Irish Gold Cup. I thought that they, they've been riding him a little bit differently. They've been riding him with a view to the Gold Cup. I'm asking him to relax a bit better, to, to be a little bit less exuberant in how he travels and how he jumps. And he was really powerful late on. You know, it, it got rid of a lot of the worries I would have had about him. He's always had a bit of the X factors about him. So look, while I wouldn't be jumping and roaring about backing him at the price he is, you know, I would see him as the likeliest winner. But then you look down the line and you have a Plutard, you know, one of the most impressive Gold Cup winners we've seen in a long time. You know, you really don't want to be sleeping on him and Manila Hindo, you know, who has a great record there, as Rachel said. You know, last year ran such a cracker. He was in front about two weeks too soon and he still held on for a second. You know, and I spoke to Henry for a stable tour last week and the, the line that stuck with me coming away from it was he said Manel Indos has had the best prep he's ever had for Cheltenham wow. this season you know and look he'll need to he's get, he's not getting younger but I wouldn't like to sleep on him at 20 to 1 now especially with a view to hitting the frame mm. at, at the very least so um, look it's, it's a windy selection for Gallop and the Champ but uh, can't wait proper contest okay um, TC let's come to you next for Gold Cup views please yeah, I, I feel like I should lie because it feels like we're uh, signing up to Rachel all the time here, doesn't it? But 
anybody who's been listening to me on, on weighed in and racing only better knows that Aplutar's just been the wrong price for a long time. I think you have to be forgiving for a horse of that nature. Um, obviously, you, you have to go back to the Betfair Chaser last time he ran, but you know he, he's priced at around about nine, ten to one on the exchange. And if he returns to the form of his winning the race last year, you talk about Gallopin de Champ, you talk about all the rest. Everything else is going to have to improve seven pound plus to get near him if he's on that form, and the price doesn't doesn't factor in that po you know that possibility of him returning to form. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go mad in the race because there are obvious doubts about uh, last year's winner. But, yeah, Apple Tard, 9-10 to 1 on the exchange just seems to me bang wrong. OK, and finally, Brendan? Windy enough for selection from me. I mean, Gallopin definitely has the X factor. I just would worry that he didn't prove his stamina in Leopardstown because of the way Kenboy was ridden. That was a very falsely run race. Now, this has the potential to be falsely run, run as well. I'm hoping between Ahoysenor, Manella Indo, Hewick and Royal Pagai, none of them guaranteed pace, but between one of them, they'll take the initiative and don't just hand it to Gallop in the shop because mm. if this turns into a sprint, he'll win. Uh, and that if they do go a good lick... Statler will be staying on. I mean, there's different opinions on the Gold Cup. You could have like an, an Aplutara sizing John who stretches it out, or you could have uh, a native river uh, or a Manella Indov. They're the ones I like. I like the Dower Stairs. I think Statler's made for he jumped like a bunny in the three mod six race last year, and he, he could go close. Okay. Love it. Right. And it's now your opportunity, guys. More audience participation, please. Get out your back and lay cards. Do you want to back or lay Galloping de Champ in the Gold Cup? Lay, lay. Oh, strong vote for a back there. Lay. What's that guy? Split? That's about right. 64. Yeah. Lay. Yeah, it's about right. Again, if, if he's credit. two to one, yeah. Credit to the crowd, hey? A credit to themselves, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, before we round up, we just have a couple more selections on day four that come in the Mare's Chase. Yeah. So, T oh, TC's leaning yeah, forward I'm, with enthusiasm I'm ask, here. I'm going to ask Rachel this because, on the obviously in Betfair, you can there's any number of punting angles you can take, and the angle I'm going to take with Magic Days. Go on. In the Mayor's Chase, <laughs> I'm going to back her before the race and look to lay her around about two to one in running because I'm not assured of her stamina. I think she was mega impressive last time, and I'm. You must have been half tempted to go for the Grand Daniel of her weight, but. Do you, think, do you really think she's a two-mile-four horse? There's only one way of finding out. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, she's, she's very forward-going, but she's not actually burning herself out and doing that. Um, so if she can get into a nice rhythm, I think she'll have no, no problem in staying. And, you know, if she's good enough after that, then we'll see. But I, I, I'm confident that, that, that it won't be a problem to her. I think, I think you'll find you might be you think you're winning at some point. I just hope you hang on. I, I play, I'm, that's the angle I'm going to take in the race and I've also backed Jeremy Flame. I'll be thinking e of you when I'm riding that race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure. Just stay as still as you can when, for when, as long as possible. When, when, when you come in there swinging two out, just look behind you and just start laughing at the opposition and he'll, she'll trade about twos on and up and be well out of the bet by then. I got you. I got you. Thank you. Uh, go on, Brendan. Are you in agreement in the Mayor's Chase? Well, I'm delighted to hear that she's going for the Mayor's Chase. Rolling the big dice. Why not? And, uh, well, I, I, sorry, I, I'm... As, as a uh, guess, your best guess. All we can my you. best guess, Well, we're, yeah. we're into my the, Tyson the, the, quote here. There hasn't here, been so. final decisions yet, <laughs> the, but as far as I'm aware... It's non-runner money non back. Yeah. And as Mike Tyson once said, the past is history, the future's a mystery. So you've given us a good <laughs> guess. That's all you can do. What well, price was Mike King Tyson was, to get two shares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. 
three. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I, I'm delighted here. I was just, I thought it was a revelation of a performance uh, from Magic Days at Nace. I mean, she just jumped so well that day. Must have been a great spin uh, to, to, to be honoured. Wing uh, beat a, a good mare in Dino Blue. The form ties in uh, with, with the second favourite. And Allegory Devassi, if her jumping is put under pressure, she could be going out to the right. So I thought Magic Days would go well for a long way and if her stamina holds she just looks a very big price mm. to me there's a chancy yeah. price about a mare's okay. going places yeah one for team betfair across the board then love it right guys we've got to wrap up and in sharpish uh, time as well so i just want one bet for you across from you oh, from across the week please um barry you're nodding like this includes you so why don't you take <laughs> it away well, i was just saying we are giving each of the panelists 200 pound charity bet and the, the, any winnings will go to the Including Rachel. Flutter charity of choice. Well, Rachel can have one. I don't know whether she can as a, as a riding jockey, but I'm sure you can have a charity one. Happy days. So what would you like to back? Oh, give me a chance. Start with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Kevin. Um, I'm going to stick to my old life advice from earlier. Uh, shoot first in the, in the pretemps handicap hurdle. Uh, win only, the whole lot, no messing. Charles Burns, Bob's your uncle. Away you go. Are you going to laugh at me if I go each way high definition, Kev? No. No, 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 absolutely not. Hope you're right. Okay, I'll take that then, please. Okay, Brendan, what about you? Well, he's kind of half emasculating me there. Now, if I can you know, win only shoot first, I'll go 100 each way walking on air in the pretemps. Oh, you're very keen on ah. him. And TC? Gold tweet each way, 12 to 1. And Barry's, as it's for charity, Barry's going to give me four places. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there will be a lot of extra places across the week. We haven't actually mentioned there that. Be Stay all tuned those handicaps and even some of the graded races will be additional places. Yeah, watch asked, out for them. Asked asked for five, Tony. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> just, I just Barry, are you putting your charity bet in there? I'm El Fabiolo. Oh, El Fabiolo, yeah. And Rachel? I'll go uh, Captain Gillis each way. Ooh, oh, love it. But you're, well, you're going to actually go a bit bigger than that. Char <laughs> charity vibes. Charity vibes. <laughs> Ramp it up. On, 80 Barry. to 1. 66 to 1. 66 yeah. to uh, and 1. And she wants 500 Magic Days 12s and three <laughs> to lay out twos in run. So she wants a free 500 on Magic Days at 10s. <laughs> <laughs> love that, TC. Well played. Uh, look, guys, thank you very much, as always, to my regulars and to our special guest as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk all things Cheltenham Festival with you guys. And do not forget, as I've said already, that we'll be having individual shows across the week of the Cheltenham Festival with the Racing Only Better team. So we'll be diving into all the races then so you can catch our updated tips then. But for now, enjoy the countdown to the Cheltenham Festival. That was your Racing Only Better Cheltenham Festival preview. Thank you for watching.